Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Good morning and welcome to Warrior Mothers Who Know. So grateful for you ladies being here and so thankful to have Emily Cox with us today. I appreciate her so much and I am so grateful that she's my neighbor and my friend and it's just been really neat too. Some of you know that I've been doing a lot of work to sell my house and get things all organized and it's really fun that Emily is my friend and my neighbor, but she's also my realtor. So that's fun. We were driving in a car together and she started sharing some of her wisdom with me. And I said, Emily, this is so beautiful. This is so important for women to know these things. And I know she has a gift for sharing and she, and so I said, would you like to be our fifth Tuesday presenter and share this? And she was like, of course. It's like, that was easy. So thanks, Emily. So good. All right. I want to express my appreciation and love for all of you. And I also want to express my gratitude for your prayers and support, especially this mother's team that has just rallied so much in the team mom power groups. Thank you so much, ladies just so wonderful to know that we are connected and supporting each other and I feel your support and prayers. Thank you so much. All right, BJ, I'm going to turn it over to you. Oh, thank you, Karen. And yeah, thank you, Emily. I get to be Emily's friend too. So our kids played soccer together long ago. 
Thanks for being here. So the topic is, why don't you love her? A journey from self-harm to unconditional self-love. And you can, if you're listening to this later, we just want to welcome you as well and just let you know that you can find out more about Emily by visiting her website. It's gatherbuildprotect.com, all one word, gatherbuildprotect.com. And then um, let me just, I just want to tell you a little bit more about Emily and then Karen, I'll hand it back to you in case you had anything else to say before we let Emily just go for it. Emily's mission in life is to empower all humans. She has been a RAD, which is Rape, Aggression, Defense, Self-Defense Instructor with Weber County's Sheriff's Office since 2014. Having personal experience with sexual violence, addiction, and suicide has fueled her passion to empower all humans, especially women. Emily is an associate broker with Caldwell Banker Realty in Ogden, and she uses these awareness techniques and her intuition daily in dealing with the public and also her buyers and sellers. So just to tell you a little bit more about Emily, she's been a public speaker since 2015, teaching youth and women how to establish and enforce personal boundaries and practice consent and how to listen to the personal guidance system intuition. This is where Emily is in her bliss. She loves teaching her sons how to show respect to women, along with teaching them how to be safe in their dating relationships. Her 23-year-old daughter is a RAD graduate and has used her skills to help her be more assertive and less of a target for sexual violence. Emily's found the most valuable gift in her life is pure gratitude in which she thanks her God daily for her life experiences so that she can share her experiences with others. Her journey through the dark times and good times have taught her so much about self-love and how to cherish herself. She's found that in learning how to love herself unconditionally, it has increased the amount of love that she has for those around her. We just like to invite you to follow Emily on Facebook at Emily Hanson Cox. And on Instagram is Emily Cox Warrior. And then her new web- website, like I mentioned, is gatherbuildprotect.com. Like I mentioned, Emily's not new to mothers who know. You can go back and hear her on episodes nine and episode 133 on the Mothers Who Know podcast channel. So she's as a former presenter at our Stay by the Tree Messages of Hope series. And like Karen mentioned, she's also a just a personal friend of, of Karen. So Emily, just thanks so much for coming to be with us today. I know sometimes it's hard to have a big bio read about you or whatever, but it just helps everyone to get in the same place. And that's really helpful. So Karen, did you want to share anything before we hand it over to Emily? I just would invite everybody to just, yeah, take a deep breath and fill all your lungs with some air. And then also to just Open your heart and your mind before Emily speaks. Be open to receive what the Spirit has for you today. I know that she's prepared a lot in the Spirit, but um, she I know Emily and I, she's very sensitive to some sharing, some, not that she doesn't want to, but sensitive sharing some of her experiences because sometimes they can be a little triggering and so she'll be very careful and sensitive, but I've invited her to, to just be 
yeah, to be bold in her sharing because we are in warrior mothers who know meeting. That's what we do here. We try to be bold in the way that we approach the messes in our life so we can hear the messages and the miracles in the mess. So, okay, Emily, thank you, friend. You're on. Oh, the miracles in the mess are so good. Karen? Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I'm really pink and you guys are all normal colors. So I don't know if it's like my lighting. I'm not normally this pink and I haven't been out in the sun and haven't been sun tanning. But anyway, it is so fun to see so many of my greatest friends. I'm not going to cry because if I cry, I know they're going to cry. And you know who you are, just so you know. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me and Man, that drive with you, Karen, was so special and super grateful for that. Okay, so before I get started, I'm going to add to Karen's disclaimer. We're going to be talking about some bold subjects here. And I feel like in my life, because I've had so much experience that God has said, and guess what? You're the one that gets to talk about that subject that no one wants to talk about. And so here we go again. I literally was that young woman's leader where they're like, who's going to talk about the chastity lesson? And no one wants to talk about it. So they they seriously stood back and I was the only one standing forward. So I was always the one that taught that most uncomfortable lesson. And so we're just like, we're going with the flow on this one. But so I do know that this subject, no one wants to talk about self-harm and and, and it is one of those subjects that we really do need to talk about because it's definitely prevalent in our culture and our society right now. So please take good care of yourself. I hope, and again, thank you, Karen, for prefacing that. I'm really prayerful about my audience. I really do care about those that, that I'm teaching and talking to because I know that it's a subject. Sometimes I just have to talk about those hard things. And so... I don't have a certification. I don't have a degree to talk. I'm not like a therapist or anything. I don't have any certificates saying that you're qualified to talk about the subject other than the fact that it's been my life experience. And I feel like I said last year when I spoke that God qualifies us and our life experiences qualify us. And this is just a forum. It's a group of women who have come together to share their experiences and to Karen and BJ and Luann have created this beautiful, safe place to get together and empower each other. And that's what I hope you guys will walk away from knowing that I'm not just like the speaker up here teaching you things, but just here to share an experience, a message of hope for anyone that has struggled with this. Maybe we have children that are struggling with this. So that our grandchildren that are struggling with this, I know that some of my friends out there are teachers that are listening right now, and they are in the middle of this phenomenon that is happening right now with kids that are struggling with their mental health. So I'm just going to be open and authentic and, and again, very careful, but also it's a subject we just get to talk about. <laughs> All righty. Okay. Man, I'm looking at all these people out here, all of you in TV land. 
You're looking so awesome. And those of you that don't have your face on your phone, that's totally fine. I wouldn't either. But thank you for being here. Just all of you. So grateful. Some of you know my story. Some of you don't. You guys can really... I am one of those girls that just, I don't even know what's happening in my life. I just do what God is telling me to do. And I really have no idea what it looks like on the other side. Literally just did a website. I had a friend make a website for me. And so it's not like I'm this big professional, got this big fancy website. I really just have a website now for the first time in my life. So if you want to go and you can learn a little bit more about me and my story and why I love talking to youth groups about these subjects, really. Um, I actually have never, ever talked about this in public. I think I've shared some of my story with some close friends, but this is not the subject that you go, hey guys, guess what? I used to self-harm myself. Like we don't really talk about this stuff in public. So this is my very first public forum discussing this. And I'm really grateful. I'm going to be sharing parts of my story that are relevant, relevant, revelatory, relevant. <laughs> you guys, you're seeing exactly the way I am. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You, you said it the last one. It was it relevant. relevant. Yeah. You said relevant, it. isn't it? Okay. Some of these things, you don't have to know the whole thing, but the things that I'll share will be relevant to this discussion. But, and I have a personal history, unfortunately, a very intimate past with self-harm in the past. Just to give a little overview, I've been on the spectrum when it comes to self-harm for the last 40-ish years. Back when I was 18, I survived a traumatic rape. And because of that, I struggled with self-harm and ultimate suicide attempts. And so I just love that I'm a survivor. I, I love that we all survive things. And that's a great thing that I survived. So I believe that if you look at a spectrum, a lot of things are on a spectrum. So today, again, I'm not a therapist and I don't have a certificate. This is psychology today, according to me, a spectrum being that the lowest part of that spectrum would be negative self-talk and the highest, the other side of that spectrum would be suicidal ideation and suicide. So I know these are tough subjects, but I believe that all of us are somewhere on the spectrum at different times in our life, at different times of the day. And I hope that you guys will walk away with something to take home with you, to share with yourself, to share with your family. So even though right now, like you guys, I am married to the most amazing guy and his mother is here today and he is, oh my gosh, he's so awesome. So I have a happy marriage, so happy. And I've been married for a little over 30 years. I have three amazing kids. I have a happy home life. I have a, a thriving real estate business, a fun and fancy free self-defense program that I love teaching. I enjoy public speaking so much. Really, that is what I love so much. And I don't know if I'm good at it, but I just run in my mouth. But I love my life. And it doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that every day is sunshine and roses. It just means that I love what it is. And I love what I've learned. In fact, my good friend coined this phrase that life is very brutal. 
So it's beautiful and brutal at the same time. And I think a lot of us can really relate to that. Life really is brutal. So just make sure that when you say brutal, you actually let them know that it is a combination of those two words. Otherwise they think you don't really know how to speak, which is most of the time what I don't know how to speak words at times. So just to get this out there, I feel like there's some of us that don't know what self-harm is. It might be a foreign term to some people, and it might be something that we're very well acquainted with. So I'm going to just go through a little bit of this because if it feels uncomfortable, that's okay, because there's someone in your life that is doing this. It might be a friend's daughter. It might be a kid that your kid knows at school. Even if it hasn't touched you personally, it potentially could in the future. So I think it's important for all of us to understand what this is. And we can talk a little bit about what it looked like for me. And I feel like it's pretty standard with kids that or adults that suffer from this the reason why this happens. It's a wild little thing. So it just means that you're hurting yourself on purpose. So usually the most common way to do that is to cut with a sharp object. Sometimes it's burning, sometimes it's hitting, sometimes it's pulling hair out or picking up wounds that so they won't heal. But just so you know, that's what self-harm is. And again, we're going to be talking about self-harm on a spectrum. We're going to be talking a lot about the way that we talk to ourselves and the way that we treat ourselves. To me, personally, is we're harming ourselves when we talk to ourselves a certain way. So most of the people that struggle with self-harm are hurting emotionally. And, and I know that a lot of kids and youth actually self-harm because their emotional pain is so big that they feel if they cause some physical pain, then it might actually reduce the emotional pain. And for a brief moment, it actually does. It's a very strange thing to experience and then to get other people to understand why you have done this to yourself. I remember as an 18, 19 year old trying to explain to my dear parents why I've done this. And it's bizarre to me. It's bizarre to them. It is a strange thing, but for some reason it made life a little bit more bearable. So that is what self-harm is. And that when it comes to our youth, especially. Usually it stems from some sort of traumatic experience. It could be neglect. It can be a, a sexual assault. In my case, that's what it was. It could be from um, spiritual or religious abuse. It can be from sexual abuse. It can be emotional or verbal abuse. It can be from bullying, where our youth are now using that as a coping mechanism to help themselves. And so just knowing about it, talking about it, creating a safe place to, to be there, to listen to those that need to share about things that are going on in their life. And you as a grandma or a grandpa or a mom or a sister or a teacher may be that person that really can create that safe place to listen to someone that is struggling with this. And it's okay that you don't understand why it really is, but really what they need is a really good human to listen to them 
and to not judge and to not create any condemnation or shame or anything like that. But just to go, I see you and I hear you. And how can I support you? How can I help you is really the best thing. So I'm very grateful that I really don't feel the need to hurt myself in that way. And I haven't for over 30 years and super, super grateful for that. But what I realize is that I still suffer occasionally from self-sabotaging beliefs, personal beliefs about myself, being critical or damaging verbally or emotionally to myself. And I think that's something that a lot of women, a lot of youth face, even if they're not harming themselves physically, they can still have those self-sabotaging beliefs about themselves. So I have had a couple of people come to me in the last couple of years and knowing that this is something that I struggled with. The crazy thing is that back in the nineties, no one talked about this. We didn't talk about it. It wasn't something that was, people didn't even know about it. And I know that my parents were probably like, what is my kid doing? I don't even know why she's doing these things. Now, at least it's become more of a conversation but also it has also become a conversation with the kids. So that means if a kid is struggling emotionally and they self-harm, another friend of theirs might come up to them and say, how do you deal with this? And so I also believe that because we talk about it, it's also out there. So again, being one of those safe adults that can be a good listener, come into my, sit at my table. Karen has the best table ever. She is the best dining room table that a lot of us have sat at and we feel heard and we feel seen. So that's what I hope that we can all now be because it's not a subject that's easy for a youth or someone that's struggling with this to talk about. And it's certainly not easy for the person listening because they're trying to figure out what's going on and how can I help this person that I love. So I've had a couple of people recently ask me, so what did you do? Like, how come you don't do that anymore? Number one, there was a lot of therapy. And luckily my sweet husband was on his mission at the time. And so a lot of work was being done. You guys, three times a week in and out of inpatient treatment centers. I had really supportive family and friends that supported me through this. And so it doesn't just happen overnight. There was a lot of work that had to be done. A lot of support by Dave when we first got married. And again, all throughout our marriage. And then I can't not say this, but truly that enabling power of the atonement, it's real. And if you don't know, if you haven't experienced it, you should. Because I truly believe that's the reason why I'm standing here today. And I'm not going to apologize for crying because that's my new thing I'm working on. We always go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm crying. I'm not sorry. But boy, I get emotional over that one because it's so powerful. It's so beautiful. And when we really want it, we really desire to have that power in our life to go from suffering to healing that is so amazing. It's so great. So we're going to talk about a couple of things, two or three things that I've done in the past year to really combat 
the lack of self-love that some of us struggle with. And so I'm not going to tell you what they are. It's going to be a secret. You're going to have to figure out what they are. But the first one, self-mercy. So there you go. There's your first one. We're going to talk about what self-mercy is. So I'm going to talk about a, an experience that I had last year around the same time of year. It was crazy. I'm telling you. So I was going through some chiropractic help because, man, my neck was hurting and my jaw was hurting and I was clenching my jaw all the time. And I had headaches every day and I was still putting on my big girl pants and going to work every day. But man, I was taking a lot of ibuprofen and some CBD gummies. And there was a lot of trying to figure out like why my head was hurting so much. And so my chiropractor actually gave me this little neck pillow. It's not a pillow. It's actually like a yoga brick, one of those squishy, not squishy, just hard foam things. And so I do these neck stretches every day. And so I would do this several times a, a day and it really did help. It was amazing, but okay. So pause there. So let me give you a little bit of background. I carry heavy emo emotional burdens with me every day. To this day, I carry heavy emotional burdens. And one of the reasons is that I was born a very highly sensitive person. I feel people's pain. I'm so glad my friend is here and who you are. I am literally like a Hoover vacuum. And she is the same, my friend that's here. She and I have talked about how we just, we suck up people's emotions. So for a long time, I didn't know if they were my emotions. Why am I sad today? Because I don't know why I'm sad, but, oh, that's right. Because I hung around Johnny all day long and Johnny's always sad. So literally I received Johnny's emotions and I'm to this day, I'm still trying to discern whether they're something that I'm feeling or if it's something that, that I just feel because of Johnny. And I am that just weird, unique child. I'm not sure if my mom's on here, but my mother-in-law is. And I was that child that was just so weird. And I say weird, but because of the spiritual gifts that I have make me not always fit in with the rest of the crowd, which is totally fine. At this time, I was trying to figure out like, is this, is this anxiety that I struggle with every day? Why is my neck hurting? Why is my jaw hurting? Why is my head hurting? So I was going through the chiropractic care. So there's a little bit of background there on that. But this particular day, I was laying on my floor and I was thinking about this amazing class that I was going to be teaching in November, my rad class, these women. And I was thinking about how brave they were for signing up for this class. And I just thought, oh man, I'm sure they have a lot of anxiety. I'm sure they have a lot of fear and doubt. Like a lot of our women that come into our course, which is super fun, by the way, there's going to be a link. So if you ever want to register for the class, it's amazing. So I just thought about how these women were so brave and that they were going to come and do something so hard because so many of them have survived assaults and attacks in their life. And as I laid there, I was thinking about, oh, I just love these women. Mm. One of the things I want them to know before they leave my class is you are worth 
protecting. You deserve this. You deserve to be safe. You deserve to be happy. And I had this experience where I had so much mercy. I felt so much self-mercy for myself. And I didn't even know where this was coming from. And this is going to sound crazy, but it's not. I literally felt myself step away from myself for this brief moment. And for a moment, I actually looked at myself and I saw myself as a best friend would. And I thought, oh, look at her. She gets up every day. Even though it's so hard sometimes, she gets up every day. And look at you, like you get up every day and you try to help others. And look at you trying to help women so that they don't suffer like you did. And I started feeling these thoughts and emotions that I had never experienced, this mercy on myself, towards myself, from me. And I just thought, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden I heard, why don't you love her? Why don't you protect her? And it was probably one of the most profound moments of my life because every day I wake up and I go, oh, I love her son. I love these women. They are so good. They are so amazing. And I just want them to be happy. And I'm so excited for their life. And look at them doing such good things. And I promise you, every single one of these women struggle with something in their life. But yet I love them. Oh my gosh, I love them so purely. And I'm thinking, why can't I love me like that? And it was a pivotal moment in my life where I realized how can I love the women and men and youth that I do every day, but yet I don't have that same feeling, that same deep-seated love, unconditional love for myself. And man, it was pretty powerful. And I had a moment thought like, are you crazy? Are you crazy a little bit? And, and, but I didn't really know, or is this like, a, was this one of my spiritual experiences is like, what is this? Because it was new to me. Like I didn't understand what was happening because these were feelings I'd never felt ever in my life. I'd felt a love for myself on the surface, like, all right, you're okay. And but I don't know, I felt it like deep like that. Oh my gosh, look at you go, girl. You were so awesome. Look at you. So awesome. And so for me, it took me days to process this. It took me days to decompress from this experience. I walked, a, rock, walked around in a fog for a little while, just not really understanding what had happened. And the coolest thing was there was no like situational, oh, you're so awesome because you just ran a marathon or look at you. You look really great in those pants or wow, your hair looks really great today. Even though like last night, it didn't really look that good. We, I think that we compliment ourselves in these kind of plastic ways and we don't really look at ourselves the way our best friend looks at us. And so anyway... 
it was pretty crazy. Here's the crazy thing. I just loved me just flat out. I just plain old loved me. It, there weren't any conditions. There weren't any, anything. And I realized at that moment that I'm human. I'm so unpolished. I'm in a complete state of disrepair all the time. There's a little bit of ADHD in my brain. I am completely unfinished and I'm right where I need to be. I am like every day, like it was so crazy. And I loved myself despite all of this. And I was still to this day, I'm like baffled by this experience, but I can't not love myself like wholly at a core anymore because of that experience. So now I'm thinking, okay, like I've had all these nutty experiences in my life. If it's crazy, just so you know, it's going to happen to me. And I, my mom's, it always happens to you. All those crazy experiences, they just happen to you. And I'm like, it's true. It's true. So now I've had another one and I'm like, okay, so now what do I do with this? Because we have these experiences in our life to teach us valuable lessons and important, important lessons is the best word to use. So I started over the next month thinking, okay, what is this? What does this mean? What is it? What does it look like for me? And what does it look like for my daughter who struggles with self-love? And what does it look like for my friend who struggles with self-love, who also is a Hoover vacuum? You know who you are out there and I love you. And so I started thinking like I'd had a couple friends. I have a wonderful people in my life and someone started talking about core beliefs. And I was like, what is that? What is that? And I started thinking, okay, it's, I believe that I'm okay. I believe. And it wasn't that. So here's the next one. We're going to talk about core beliefs. And so for this one, if you don't have a piece of paper and a pencil, will you, will you get one? Because I want all of us to process what this is in our own lives. And I'm hoping, just so you guys know, I hope that you guys can take some quiet moments to yourself and start thinking about, if I was my best friend, what would I say about myself? How would I look at myself? Like, I don't ever want to put anyone on the spot, but I, like, I'm my cutest sister-in-law here, and I look at her and I just think, Joe you are so put together and you are so beautiful and you're such a good mom and you are just this light in this world. And I hope, I hope that she thinks the though like herself that way, but I want you to step aside and talk to yourself like that. Look at yourself and go, you are so amazing. Look at what you're such a good mom. You're such a good teacher. You're such a good friend. And so so we're going to go into core beliefs because some of you guys may know what core beliefs are. And some of you may be like me where you're like, heard about that, but I don't really know what that is. So for my whole life, I just believe things on the surface until last October. But here's what core beliefs are. They're not surface at all. They are basic beliefs about ourselves and other people, but let's focus on ourselves. and. 
they're absolute truths, but they're deep down. They're actually underneath all of our surface beliefs, and they actually determine how we perceive and interpret the world. For instance, if I truly believe that I'm worth protecting, we can see how that actually helps us to perceive and interpret the world. I'm going to be a completely different person if I know that I'm worth protecting. And I pity all the fools that don't know that, that don't know that I know that because I am going to hold myself. I'm going to walk with a purpose. I am going to look everybody in the eye and I know that I'm worth protecting. That is a core belief that I now know. They literally sit in the basement of your soul. If you think about that, these core beliefs sit in the basement of your soul. And when something happens, your mind is going to open up and it's going to consult with those beliefs that are in the basement of your soul. So if the core belief is no one really loves me, can you imagine how then your mind is you're right? No one really loves you. No one really loves you. Not going to really work hard to keep you safe in the world. And I always use safety. I use protection. I use boundaries as part of my, is just part of my everyday. I think when I know that I am worth protecting, I'm going to have really clear boundaries when it comes to other humans and I'm going to know how to enforce them and I can still be compassionate and have boundaries at the same time. It's the coolest thing. These core beliefs, I want you to just be thinking core beliefs to some people are all negative. It's unfortunate. And, but most of us have a little bit of negative and a little bit of positive in those core beliefs, but some people really just are lucky and not lucky, but blessed and have really worked on this where all their core beliefs are strong and empowered and loving and kind and compassionate. And some of us really struggle with part of my core beliefs feel like this. There, maybe I'm just not truly lovable or maybe not worthy of love, but people like me. So they're, you're just, you're always being conflicted. But if you guys will look down into the recesses of your soul, you will be able to see what core beliefs you have. They're very convincing. So if my core belief is that, no one really appreciates me as I'm doing laundry and emptying the dishwasher and working all day. And I come home and the dishes are still in the sink. And I'm like, oh, the laundry's not done. This is this happens to every household. It's not just mine, it's every household. And it doesn't mean anyone's doing a bad job. It just means that this is normal life. But I might tap into those core beliefs and go, see, no one really appreciates you. See all this stuff that hasn't been done. And unfortunately, if we don't tap into what those core beliefs are and figure out where are they positive or negative, then we will continue to think that way. And if we do it long enough, our brain actually creates those neural pathways against, again, I'm not a therapist and I'm not a researcher, but I do know that our brains create neural pathways as to what I do when I have a stimulus? How do I respond? And is, how do I, how am I going to respond when the dishes aren't done and Ashton was supposed to do them and all those things. I hope you've written down one or two core beliefs. They can be positive or negative, but something that you really know about yourself, 
it doesn't, my core beliefs aren't that I look cute in that shirt or those photos looked great, or we're talking core, like who am I at a soul level? What do I truly believe about myself? One of the core beliefs that I wrote down is that one thing I do know for sure about myself, and this is my deepest, most important core belief, is that I was created by the most divine being in the whole universe. And I am seen and I'm known and I'm loved by that being, whatever that being is to you, if it's God or heavenly father, or I just think that if we can start with that, it, it, it means that now I can build on that, on those core beliefs there. Core beliefs usually are formed early on in life. And sometimes those core beliefs before a traumatic accident are, I am so loved, man, I just feel loved. And I know that I, I have a place in this world and I know that the world needs what I have to offer. That's a really beautiful, deep seated core belief. What happens is then there's a trauma, maybe it's neglect or an assault or something. And those core beliefs now switch and they're different and they're, they're maybe I'm not really loved or I don't really feel safe in this world. I hope that you guys will start thinking about and do some research if you haven't, what are core beliefs and how they can, how they're going to help us with this next subject that we're going to talk about. So now, just so you guys know, after that year, I literally wake up going, I have a place in this world. I know what my work is every day, and I know whose work it is. And I know that I'm going to do it with a happy heart, even though life is hard and sucky sometimes. I'm going to do my best to um, lift up everybody that I come in contact with because we all deserve having someone that does that. And, and I know that I'm worth protecting hundred percent. Like I know that I deserve to be here in this world, just like everybody else. So those are deep seated core beliefs that I have identified in the last year. And it's not something I just believe it, but no, like I really believe it. I really do. So Let's see here. Let's move on. Hey, Karen, how much time do I have? Your timing is so perfect, actually. <laughs> yes. You know what? We we go till 1230, 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, I think just your topic is so relatable and so important for all of us that if you wanted to take questions at the end or people could share takeaways and relate things that they felt so with but you can go all the way till then or stop and interact whatever you'd like. And I'm happy to help with that too. Love this. Okay. Okay. So just to tie those first two things together. So the first experience I got to know myself at a really deep level, I was able to see myself for just a it's just a little smidgen, little tiny moment. Like I truly believe like how God saw me and how God sees us just that much of it. You can't even see like, it's so small because we can't even comprehend how much God loves us, but also how those core beliefs 
how, when we really establish those and we, I really feel like we actually remember, we remember what those core beliefs are, because I think that when we're super young and we haven't had, the world hasn't gotten a hold of us yet. And that life is simple and pure and that we can, we're fun and fancy free. So I think that when we're in that state, those core beliefs are very apparent. I have a place in this world and it's awesome and life is great and everybody loves me and the world is beautiful and sunshine and roses. And then the world gets a hold of us. And then we're like, oh yeah, I'm not as cute as my neighbor. And I don't really have a good singing voice or like all those things. And then we just, I hope that you guys will get to know yourself at a core level. Just re-get to know yourself because those of you that I do know on here and I'm perceiving that every single person that is on here is such a beautiful soul and that we all have light and we all have something that we need to give to this world. Okay, number three, we're going to talk about the inner critic and self-talk and how that is definitely on the spectrum of self-harm and what it does to us. And BJ, I'll tell you when I want you to put that slide up, okay? Okay, perfect. Okay, this is not the most scientific of experiments. I'm sure you guys have heard of this experiment before or one like it. I'm a total tree hugger. I literally, I love trees and rocks and I just, there's just such a beautiful feeling to be around nature. And so I kind of gravitate. So tree huggers, raise your hand if you're a tree hugger. Oh, you guys are so cute. Okay. So I kind of gravitate towards things that involve nature and plants and trees and things like that. We've all been to Ikea. We all know that once we get into Ikea, we're not leaving until we go through the whole store because there's no way out until you get to the very bottom. And it's very stressful and you end up buying $400 worth of stuff you don't need. But Ikea actually did a really cool study in 2018 about bullying And I wanted to talk about this because I felt like the visual impact for me was so huge. Just hearing, just, just hearing about what they did made me feel a little bit cringy because I try never to say anything negative about anyone, but these kids in, in this school, what they did was they took the kids and they had two plants And they were in identical soils, identical water, identical nutrition, and the environment was exactly the same. They were covered in this kind of case of plexiglass. And there was a little speaker that they actually recorded the kids saying really positive affirmations of love and kindness and compassion. And you got this little plant. You're the cutest little plant in the world. I just love you. Things like this. And then on the other side, it was like, I don't even want to go there. It was like negative and yucky and gross. And you just can't grow like the other plant. And so they put these speakers inside each container and they put it in the hallway for these kids to walk by. For 30 days, these kids walked by these two cases of plants and and inside the cases this was being repeated over and over again the positive reinforcement and the negative reinforcement over and over over again 24/7 for 30 days and what happened is this so BJ will you put that play oh gosh look at that okay again 
it makes me sad. Like that little plant. <laughs> I'm like, try not to cry. I cry over plants sometimes, but doesn't that make you feel sad? Like that plant on the left was bullied. It was talked negatively to for 30 days, 24 seven. I can't even imagine. And then the little plant on the right, he's so happy. He's I've been complimented. I'm so happy. So I want you to take a moment and look at this and just think, because we have negative self-talk, the things that we tell ourselves, you, I can't believe you made that nasty dinner. Who does that? Even things like that constantly, gosh, if you lost 40 pounds, you'd be a lot prettier. People would love you more. Those kind of things that we relay in our minds over and over again on a daily basis. And we don't even think about what it's doing to us. So you look at that little plant on the left and we're negative self-talking ourselves over and over again. That is what I truly believe is happening in our hearts and in our souls. It's literally destroying us. And we don't even realize we're doing it. I know that for me, I never realized I was doing that for my whole life. Gosh, you look horrible in those pants. No one's saying it to me, but myself. Uh, or if you would do this, then you would be more loved or look at your car. It's so dirty. Things like that. Even those little things, we are doing that to ourselves 24 seven sometimes. So I think it's really important for us to all take a look at ourselves and start recognizing when we have those types of discussions within ourselves, those comments and what we would be like if we were filling ourselves constantly with positive self-talk. I know that we're all messed up. We all are in a way. All of us are trying. All of us are struggling in some way. And we've got life craziness happening to us every single day, but we still deserve to go. But look at you go, girl. Look at you. Like you got up this morning you made your bed this morning and whatever it is to just go, I'm just so proud of you. Can you imagine what it would do to all our hearts and our souls? And we're going to talk about what it does to our bodies. So thank you, BJ. Okay. So they actually, I did some more research on this and here's what negative self-talk does to our bodies. It upsets the body's hormone balance, which if you're 50, what's already messed up, right? We're already wacky because our hormones are doing all these things. Or if you've just had a child or whatever, women, we just have hormone issues and it negatively affects our hormone balance even worse than it already is. Oh my gosh, we don't need that. It depletes the brain's chemicals required for happiness and it actually damages the immune system. Oh, you guys have those friends that are constantly sick. I have friends like that. And I'm like, I wonder what's happening though inside. I wonder what's happening with the struggle inside when you're sick all the time, your body can't keep up with that negative 24 seven chronic stress. So chronic stress actually happens because of outside influences, but also what's going on inside. 
And here's what it does. It actually decreases our lifespan and it's actually shortens like on our DNA, it shortens the telomeres, which are the end caps of our DNA, which causes us to age more quickly. Look at this. Look at those wrinkles. So what's happened over 40 years is I've literally damaged those end caps of my DNA going, no one really wants to hear what you have to say. No one really appreciates you. In fact, if you just disappeared off the face of this earth, it would be fine. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy that like I literally was recording that over and over in my mind. And so now I have wrinkles. I'm just joking. I have wrinkles anyway, but I'm sure it doesn't help, right? So here's another one. Negative self-talk can trigger sleep problems. And if it doesn't trigger it, it adds to it cardiovascular issues and some cancers. I truly believe that negative self-talk is the cancer. I believe that it destroys the goodness and the light inside of us that we all have, that we all want to give to the world. Some of the things that, you know, that I notice is you really think you're going to get that job. No one really appreciates you. Wow, those pants look awful on you. You're really not, you'll be worthy of love if you lose 40 pounds. No one really cares what you have to say. Here's one, man up. You guys ever say that or ever hear that in the world? You guys, that phrase, man up, causes so much shame and fear and doubt and our guys that we live with, that we associate with, that we birthed, that shame, that, that phrase causes so much shame. Man up. I'm telling you, we don't need to add to the already, you know, all the stress that guys go through. And I don't know if we have any guys on here. If we do, Man, I'm sorry I've said that like before in my life. And when I realized how much shame that causes guys, I just, I was like, oh, I'm never saying that again, but you should be ashamed of yourself. Like those kind of things that you hear in your head, you really let yourself go. Haven't you? You're the reason your kids suffer. You're the reason your kids don't go to church. If your kids are struggling with their religion, whatever it is you're the reason. So we need to stop. We need to stop this right now. You're not a good mother. You're not a good father. Those things are the cancer that's eating us. And I hope that we can all look at ourselves and change the way we're talking to ourselves. We would never, ever say those things to someone else. You would never say to your best friend, oh girl, don't wear those pants. You will chubby. Like you would never do that. You would never tell that to your friend ever. You would say you are beautiful. Even if you don't like the pants, she's still beautiful. You would be very honest and loving and kind with her. So here's some things maybe we should start saying to ourselves. I am so grateful for my body. I promise you, none of us have a model body, especially when we're 52. We don't. <laughs> But guess what? I have a freaking body. I have an amazing body. And look at what my body did. It created three kids. And it hugs. 
These arms are used to hug people and these fingers are used to write and they're used to, um, to pick up a spoon and they're used to do dishes and they're used to type and they're used to put my fingers and my hands on someone that I love and go, I love you. So look at what your body does. It's amazing. And so oftentimes we focus on the negative. Oh, there's the pooch. Like we don't need to focus on that. So let's start focusing on the positive. I'm doing my best as a mother at this moment. I'm doing the best that I can at this moment. But guess what? We have the future to improve. Isn't that cool? I'm doing the best I can at my job with what I know and what I have. I'm a human and I'm still learning. That's so much more positive than going, why'd you do that? I am unfinished so far and I'm striving to be more like who? Whoever in your life that you're striving to be more like. Yep, made mistakes today, but I made my bed. Look at me, I made my bed. You guys, I made my bed this morning and I was like, it just feels so good to make your bed. Or I clean my kitchen because there's going to be a Zoom meeting and it's looking really shabby. So I better clean it. I'm like, look at you, you clean your kitchen today. And I think that all of us should take a moment and look at ourselves in the mirror and just go, you're beautiful. And that's so hard. Usually we'd be like, someone compliments us and they go, oh my gosh, you look so beautiful today. And you're like, this old thing. But really, like, when we push off those compliments like that, when we don't receive someone else's genuine, loving compliment, that is like you're turning around going, you're right, you are ugly. When someone says you are so beautiful, thank them. Because you're doing something good for yourself when you do that. And women have a really hard time receiving don't we? Like, it's so hard. It's so easy for us to go, oh, I'm gonna, you look so beautiful, or here's a flower, or here's some dinner, or how can I help you in this way? It's so easy for us to do that, but it's so hard for us to receive a compliment. So please, that's what I've started doing over the last year as well, is just taking a pause, taking a moment, and going, Thank you. I, it doesn't matter if my butt looks fat in those pants, but that person thinks that I look beautiful that day. So I should thank them and be gracious and receive that compliment because when we don't receive it, we create this hard outer shell on us that we can't, we want to be, we want to be flexible and receive that love. And as soon as we can receive that love for ourselves, it'll be easier for us to receive from others, the compliment, the kind word, whatever that is. I just think, why do we criticize ourselves? And to take a moment, hopefully today, and don't criticize yourself anymore. Don't do that to her. You would never do that to someone else. So don't do that to her. Don't do that to you. You deserve to be kindly loved and cherished. And um, it's okay to receive a compliment. 
It's okay to, it doesn't mean that you're just pompous and stuck up. Thank you. But you can just say thank you. Really receive the compliment and be grateful that someone was truthful with you and was kind enough to share that with you. Oh, so cute. I love, I, you guys, I love rainbows and there's the cutest girl and she has created this website. It's called the self-love rainbow. And, and she has this little, the foundations of self-love in this little circle thing, which I love. So I put her website on there just to make sure that she gets credited for this. She just is all about taking care of yourself and loving yourself and creating just a safer, happier place for yourself to reside in this world. So when she talked, so the blue little pie piece is mental health. And, and I think if we don't keep in check our mental health, then that is, we are not doing ourselves a service. Everybody has different challenges. Everybody has, there's so much anxiety in this world right now, you guys, this world is nuts. And it's no surprise why there's so much anxiety out there. I'm really grateful for my medication that I take every day for anxiety because I don't have the stresses that I had six months ago. And so for me, it was, it was really hard for me to 30 years ago, I was on lots of medications and I was in and out of hospitals and I was struggling and it was messy and it was really messy. And, and so for me to then heal so much in my life and then go, oh my gosh, like I have such high anxiety and then to go, oh, that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow, literally to go and go to the doctor again and go, I know like my mental health issues were way in the past because of these traumatic experiences. And I'm in a really good place in my life right now, but I really don't know how to manage my anxiety. I have neck problems. I have head problems. And, and so really being okay with saying, I actually, I've checked all the boxes and I'm doing everything that I need to do to help manage and keep my mental health really good. But sometimes we need something else. And so that was really hard for me to go to a psychiatrist because he's the one that's going to prescribe the right kind of medication. And I remember sitting down with him going, I'm in a good place in my life. I don't know why I'm here, but I really feel like I just, I can't cope with this anxiety anymore. I feel like I'm in fight or flight all the time. And it's not because I feel like my life's in danger. My life's really awesome. Like all these things are so good, but being humble enough to go, okay, it's time to address this issue that has been lingering for many years and learning coping skills, learning how to manage your mental health. If you guys can't take care of yourselves, it's really hard to take care of other people. And for me, that is, is. I want to take care of other people. I want to support them. And if I can't take care of myself, it's going to be really hard in the future for me to do the things that I'm doing. The purple pie piece is self-acceptance. And again, that goes back to that experience of getting to know yourself and learning about yourself again and understanding what those beliefs are and who you really are and accept that you're unfinished, you're messed up, and it's okay. Like, it's really okay that we're just blemished humans that are just trying to do our best in the day. 
and doing that, like really accepting yourself in the state that you are today, just the way you are. The pink pie piece is boundaries. It's one of my favorite things. If you have the deep seated core belief that you're worth protecting in this world, you are not going to sit by the creepy dude at church every single Sunday, just because you feel like you have to be nice. I promise that you can be compassionate and have boundaries at the same time. You're going to go bench is full. Sorry about that. You'll have to sit somewhere else. It's okay to have boundaries. And when you create boundaries, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. But as soon as you start creating those, especially if you're a people pleaser, mm, that is the hardest thing ever, but you create those boundaries and it reinforces those core beliefs that you are worth protecting best. And I'm going to tell you a quick story because I think you need to hear this. There's a person in my life, being very careful about what I say, who lives in my neighborhood and he's an older guy and had a little bit of a history with him. He thinks I'm a helicopter mom. That's fine. But anyway, he does things every now and then are like in that gray area where you're just like, mm, I can't believe you just did that. It made me feel really uncomfortable. So we're at this meeting, I think it was like a year and a half ago, there was a drug rehab coming into our neighborhood in a residential, kind of a residential treatment center. And there was a meeting with a few neighbors. There was probably 25 of us in a living room and he decided. And so my friend, she comes and she comes to the meeting and there's not another seat, but I'm on this like big like rocking love seat. And there's plenty of room for her to sit by me and we're good friends. So I scooted over and I go, Hey, and so just come sit by me. And this is what this gentleman did. He was sitting down. He puts his hands right on his lap and he goes, why don't you just come sit right here by me? You know how people do that? Like, why don't you just come sit on my lap? And I was like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> So now I have a really hard time not saying something. And I was like, oh, so-and-so don't ever do that to anyone. It's completely inappropriate and it sends a wrong message. And he was just like, and everyone was quiet and there were crickets. You could literally hear crickets chirping. And, and I was like, oh, okay. And then we just moved on. And so I know that I probably made him feel really uncomfortable. But guess what? He chose to do something inappropriate, even though that wasn't necessarily his intention was to be inappropriate and really gross. But the thing that he did was inappropriate and gross. And so afterwards I was talking to my friend and she goes, thank you so much for standing up for me because now I know how to stand up for myself. So when we create and cultivate healthy boundaries, we not only reinforce our self-love for ourselves, but we help others now to help cultivate their own personal self-love and those core beliefs, reinforce those core beliefs that we as women feel unsafe in this world. But as we do this, there is, there is a way that we can be safe and I am safe in this world, but it is definitely part of those core beliefs that now I believe that I am safe and I deserve to feel safe in this world. So there's my little 
my little spiel on boundaries. Love it. So the orange one is self-care. <laughs> Thank you. So you're so awesome. My little validator today, self-care. So making the time to really take care of yourself during the day. We as women, we're constantly doing things for other people, but when do we take that time to go, man, I'm worth caring for. And maybe it's watching my favorite true crime show, or maybe it's laying on my floor, or maybe it's going for a hike, whatever the case is, that we can take the time for ourselves every day and do something that is, is beneficial for us. The inner voice, you guys, we got to change the way we're talking to ourselves and changing the way we think about ourselves. I'm sorry, my face will never be round and cute and not wrinkly. It never will. It's always going to be the way it is. It's just the way my face is. And I can't spend the rest of my life going, I wish my face didn't look like this. Just so you know, I don't have a problem with my face. I was just using that as an example, but it's always going to be like this It's forever. It's going to be like this. It's just going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to get more wrinkly. It's just the hair is going to get wider. It's just the way it is. So I have to love where I am at this moment. Um, Self-discovery is just discovering who you are, like rediscover who you are. And I promise you, you'll find that there's such a beautiful person waiting to be let out, a person waiting to be discovered, this beautiful woman or whoever you are just waiting and ready to have the world benefit from our presence. Thank you for that. Okay. My timing's perfect, Karen. And, and those are the things that I hope you guys will just, maybe if there's one thing that you can take away and learn to get to know yourself and learn to love yourself is you guys, it's a space that I still feel like I'm in someone else's body a little bit every now and then, because I'm like, oh my gosh, Look at that chubby belly. It's so cute. And I'm not necessarily doing that, but I accept and honor just me, who I am, because I'm not going to try to be something different for someone else anymore. I'm done. I'm so done with that. And, and just loving who you are right now and knowing that you have the future, that your whole future to make changes that are, would benefit you, which is great, but loving where you are right now. Look at that. So cute. So that's what I have for you guys. And remember, I'm not a therapist. I can't diagnose problems and I can't tell you what to do for your life. But but I it's all a journey. All of our journeys are different, but this is mine. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Emily. Uh, we really appreciate your sharing and your journey. Thank you so much for sharing today for being here. I think you've honored all of us so much personally, each one of us personally, as you've shared, because I think you really have hit on something that every single one of us address on a daily basis, right? How we are treating her, how we're treating ourselves and thinking about ourselves and the experience we're having in our lives because of that. So thanks for that. Because I think it's such a common thing. 
I think it would be so great if we could just open it up for takeaways or if somebody has a question for Emily, she can share her thoughts. Yeah, but I'm just going to turn the time over to you ladies and I invite you to either raise your virtual hand. You can, there's a hand at the very bottom of your screen. If you click on that hand, it'll just alert us in the meeting that you have your hand raised or you can just go like this and we'll unmute you or ask you to unmute or you can even unmute yourself and start talking. It's just an open forum. Yeah, what are some of the things that you experienced in our meeting today? One of the things I experienced in our meeting today was when you talked about man up, it just helped me a lot and I appreciated that. I needed you to say that. Thank you. Man, just so many things that you said today I'm healing and recovering from my my breast reduction and and uh, when you're like in that healing mode and recovering the adversary knows how to come at you when you're feeling not physically at your best and, and the last two days have been um, <clears throat> just different ways that he's He's come at me, which is um, through like your children, because we love our kids so much and we want so much good for them. And and then I just know that Father in Heaven, like how you were saying, what were your for us to write down? What our core beliefs were, and um, what like I wrote down was I believe that. God knew I could handle hard things in the surf life experience. And he knew I would do the work to remember myself amongst the problems and struggles. And that in doing that work, that I would be able to help others deal with their struggles and find happiness in the crazy ups and downs of life. And being able to have that moment to write that down just helps reiterate the the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing and why I keep fighting and why I keep going and and it was um interesting how even just on Sunday there had been a really intense like a, I don't know my daughter had a lash out kind of thing and it was I was hurting a lot then and it also was surprising and then I allowed myself to feel on that those negative things of wow you're stupid you're, you're so dumb look at you or <laughs> you're all those things that we that the adversary wants us to believe <laughs> um to keep us going down and then I put my music on because <laughs> that's one of the things that I use to help get back um, and I was able to not let myself go in that spin. And then, um, then again, yesterday, I, because then I was ignored, which was hard because I physically couldn't do things for myself, but I just, um, I wouldn't allow, allow myself to go down that spiral of things. And I was in a good place and I, when my daughter did come and 
I guess, love bomb kind of thing. I was like, oh, look here, I made you this, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And then I needed her help with some wound care. And and she said, and I said, baby, that, that really made me sad what you said yesterday. And saying that instantly turned everything <clears throat> on its head again. And I said, I'm not trying to talk argumentatively. I said, I'm just expressing it made me a little sad. I said, but, and then it just went, <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I know that's, I probably shouldn't have said that because it's not in a healthy space or mindset for to talk about that. And it happened at <clears throat> 6.47, and I said, I am no longer going to continue this conversation right now. It's not healthy for either of us right now. And being able to say that for myself was standing up for myself, but in a kind way still. And and then at seven, I had the Eternal Warriors class that I'm doing. And then I was able to... So by eight o'clock, I... All those emotions, I was able to go feel the, you know, the reminder of what is it, the voice, Heavenly Father's voice, my voice, and Satan's voice. And it was just like everything. I was like, man, I'm so grateful by at eight o'clock when I was, I'm so grateful for that Heavenly Father knew all this was going to happen and that I had eternal warriors that I was going to attend. And I'm so excited for being able to attend tomorrow. My mothers who mm -hmm. know. And I'm so glad that I'm going to attend this with Emily. And I'm, I always, it's just so neat how Heavenly Father, when we want to honor ourselves, he wants to honor that and blesses us with people like yourselves to help us honor our best self and remember whose we are and our purpose. And so I'm just really grateful for, for all of you guys. And then tomorrow I have my eternal warriors with Kim. Davis. And so I'm like, Heavenly Father knew I was going to have to be healing through all this. And it was going to be mentally and physically in a low place. And he blessed me with these things in mind to keep me while I'm physically battling. I can still spiritually be strong and that'll only help my physical health grow too. So be better. But thank you so much for sharing today. I really appreciated you and, and BJ earlier today as well. It's been amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Bless you and your recovery. We love you. Well, thank you. I just wanted to thank Emily and um, for such being so vulnerable and sweet and fun and inspiring. Like she just was, has such a way of empowering us to, I want to be like her. I want to do that. And so as I, I loved how you had us think of your core beliefs and as you're doing that, as you were saying, like some, we're going to find our negative and positive. So as we're doing this self-discovery, what are some ways that you found that helped you change negative core beliefs in yourself that you don't want to think anymore besides just practicing? Is there other specifics you did? That's a good question. <laughs> and thank you so much. You're so sweet. I'm complete basket case. So I appreciate your kind words, honestly. You're amazing. <laughs> I, 
I think that just like at first we just recognize them, right? We recognize that like for me, I didn't feel like I was worth protecting for a long time. And the more we act, right? The more I say, hey, listen, buddy, that that makes me feel uncomfortable when you do that. Or the more I start acting and doing things to protect myself, the more I'm like, you're right. Like you are worth protecting. Like you deserve to be safe. You deserve to have a safe life. And so I think that a big thing is whatever that negative core belief is just doing things on purpose with intention to actively counteract that. So I hope that helps. That's awesome. Thank you. Emily, thank you so much. This has been incredible. I'm so grateful for everything you've taught. You're just amazing. I'm so grateful that you had us identify a core belief because I have one that I suspect is really similar for a lot of women in the world. And I feel based on what you have been saying is that that is most likely true. And it is, I don't have this core belief anymore. I've worked really hard to get rid of it and, and turn it to truth, shed truth on it. And, but it's still hard. Like just thinking of it makes me cry. And it is, it was, my core belief was, I was not worth or worthy of protecting when I was a little girl. And I think sadly in today's world, I think it's become the majority of little girls had that same similar experiences in in a number of different ways. And just being able to say that clearly and then to know the truth thankfully I've worked really hard on that but even though I've worked out hard on this for years it's still those neuro pathways I'm still working on training those neuro pathways on this and so just it was just so powerful to to just say those words to myself and then recognize nope that's Satan's lie and I am worthy of being protected. And I love that you teach women how to protect themselves because that's the most empowering because we can't control anybody else. Like my dad was a wonderful person. I love my dad so much. My dad didn't know I needed protecting and lots of issues with a dad that you wanted him to protect you. And he, I can protect myself and I'm just so grateful because I'm always with me and I'm the only person I can control. So I'm so grateful that you put the way you put it was just so powerful to really clarify and certify those truths. So thank you very much. And I I just hope any woman that has similar issues, and like I said, I suspect it's a huge percentage of women that do, I hope they can do the same thing and, and really create the new core belief that comes from truth. And like you said, we have the most incredible, all-powerful creator that we were all created by. So every single one of us deserves to be protected. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Karen, and everyone for doing this really wonderful, beautiful, powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Emily, how about if we go back to you for just a final little, hey, thought. Not about 
Hey, hey. <laughs> not about hate, a thought of hope or yeah, something just to end us with and then we'll go to BJ. Very cool. I think what I just said, honestly, because safety is something that so many women, if you could, um, if you divided men and women up, men's greatest fear is that they'll be embarrassed or humiliated. And women's greatest fear is that she is unsafe. And so I think because this is what I do every day to create a safe place for you to be like create that safe place for you to reside. And if we don't feel safe within ourselves, which means we don't criticize, we don't talk negatively. We create that safe place for us to live in this body that our lives will be completely different and we deserve to feel safe. Number one in the world, but like before that to be safe here. And when children are in an environment where they're constantly criticized and constantly talked down, they do not feel safe. So if we can create our inner child, all of us, I loved reading through the comments that I can't remember who said it, but that she has a picture of herself as a child on her computer. And I just, oh, I love that idea. I want to do that because she deserves to feel safe. And that is who I am inside. We all have this youthful spirit inside of us that, that wants to feel safe and please create that space for you, create that space for you. You deserve that. And then you can start working on the external part of the world where we walk out of our home, we walk out of our, our bedrooms and the world is not a safe place. But if you feel safe here, just think about how it would change all of our lives. If we felt safe here first, we would feel loved. We would feel appreciated. We would feel cherished and we would feel safe. And if we can feel that here, then everything else will follow. So you're welcome. So beautiful. Amen. 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 Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers You Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA age young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know. And on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know 
Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week Mom Power Training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at mothersyouknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.